on, everybody? This is Patrick Huerta. This is another episode of WAP. Uh, today, I am sitting with one half of uh, China Doll's unique world. Uh, Carlos, what's going on, man? How's it going, man? Yeah, good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having us out. And thanks for bringing the whiskey. We started off with uh, 40 Creek. Open up a bottle of whiskey for this. Uh, that was your first time having 40 Creek, right? Yep. You enjoyed it? Yes, sir. Yeah, me too. Thank you for bringing it. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty cheap. Yeah, so I, I've known I've known you for a while, man. We go back to high school when you were a, a skinny punk, skinny, tall, dark punk, punk, still yeah. punk. And we lost touch for a bit, and then uh, when I run into you again, you're this fucking mastermind, fucking painter, fucking artist, right? Yep. What do, what, what do you do? What, what kind of painting do you do? Like, How would you describe it to somebody that hasn't seen it yet? Um, that's kind of hard to describe my style. It's My style is really kind of everywhere. I'm trying to focus in on one certain style. But basically, the one thing that you could actually see on majority of my paintings is my backgrounds. Uh, backgrounds I use, majority of it is spray paint different paint tools, spatulas, and stuff like that. Um, somewhat of an abstract, but um, has different levels, as I like to call it, different dimensions. And different colors that pop, a lot of black. If you see my paintings, you'll see that I have a lot of black. I, I'm real heavy on black painting. But it's always going to have a bright, vibrant color, and the black is just there to make that pop out even more. Yeah. So as of now, since I'm kind of just trying to start narrowing into like a specific style for myself so people can start recognizing my art as me, would be that dimensional style painting. Um, instead of just the background, I'm trying to bring it to the foreground to kind of mix it up and make the actual center part of the painting, whatever, you know, character it's going to be, um, kind of just seem like it's popping out three-dimensional, but it's still on just a regular canvas. Yeah. What's cool about your stuff, too, and I don't know, it's just because, like, I, I know your work, and I've seen a lot of your work, uh, but, like, if I go to the, a show at Brick, I can't tell the difference between a lot of artists. You know, they all kind of look the same. I don't mean that, like, to be disrespectful to anybody else that does it, but, like, if I see yours, like, if somebody, if somebody just bought your painting and they're walking around with it and I, I, I catch a glimpse of it, like, I could tell immediately that it's one of yours just because you have that, like, trademark, the background uh, set up the way that you usually do. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, that has to be... How long did it take you to have, like, a trademark? And was it something that you planned on going for or you just accidentally, you know created something like that um as far as the background stuff goes it's just something just to because like like you said a lot of the artists they do their main centerpiece in the painting and then the background's usually one solid color two solid colors or you know two three different colors kind of faded in with each other and there ain't really much going on in the background so it's all focused on the main centerpiece and with me was, I don't like seeing just something 
playing something just like one color in the background. It's like there could be more stuff added onto it. So, um, I mean, just to backtrack a little bit, when I started, you know, dealing with my art stuff was, first of all, I started messing around with art and graffiti, doing the spray paint thing. And spray paint is pretty much my biggest medium that I still use. Um, a lot of my pieces are mixed media, um, spray paint, uh, acrylic, and a lot of uh, just different styles of uh, paint markers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but coming from that spray paint background and then working my way through the space theme paintings with the planets and, you know, like the guys you see downtown doing the space paintings, um, I kind of went up to that spot and I still use a lot of the techniques used in that style of painting and my paintings now but I just use them in a different way and just to get that three-dimensional stuff going on the background is just to give something more to the eye and just kind of make your eye wander around the whole painting not just focus on the main thing even though the main centerpiece is the main piece of the painting it's like there's always something more going on around so that's what I started noticing a lot of people taking real good likings to my backgrounds. People are like, hey, can you do a background for me? I'm like, yeah. You know, and as far as my backgrounds go, I started doing them just, you know, as the main abstract piece on the painting was just like a just straight back, back background. And I was like, I call them the backdrops a lot of times. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool backdrop. Let me put something in front of that backdrop. But as of now, just, you know, to where it's come, it's like, well, I want to take it out from the background and kind of put it in the foreground, but mix it up with that main centerpiece. And I mean, that's pretty much where I'm going right now, trying to make it mix and mash all together. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like just the backgrounds alone, like you said, you, you make pieces like just based on that. Like there's no main focus image. Like you, you, you create stuff just with the backgrounds and just the backgrounds alone are like pretty interesting in itself. So that that's pretty cool. You get a lot of requests for that. Like you get a lot of like... Uh, how, how do you, what do you call it, like commission pieces or? Yeah, commission pieces. I mean, like a lot of my Spurs paintings that I do, you know, the main focus is, of course, the actual Spurs emblem, but it's like the way you see the backgrounds and the little different things that I do just to add something more. I mean, that's what pretty much attracts people that I started noticing. And, you know, just doing those backgrounds, I mean, it's it's a task. It's a lot of layers, and it's pretty much... I don't ever have a set plan when I do the background. It's just pretty much I do one line at a time to see what's going to happen. Where do I go next? You know, which way do I take this and make something happen? But, um, yeah, the background's pretty much what's been making it noticeable. But just still trying to mix it up with the main centerpieces. Yeah. And how long you been, you been doing this? You've been, you been doing Well, you started off tagging, and then how long... Before you got into actually putting stuff on on a canvas, um, I dabbled a little bit in it back in '06, '05. Not, I mean, I didn't go to school for this. It's just everything that I know is trial and error. Just continue doing with my art thing. Because when I started drawing, I started drawing free-handed cartoon characters: Donald Duck, Sylvester the Cat, stuff like that, out of coloring books when I was in junior high. When I get to high school. You know, still just sketching on books and, you know, stuff like that. Started doing the skater thing. Graffiti came along from the graffiti. It just I stuck with that spray can. And, man, 
just to where actually putting stuff on canvas and making it, it was just, I needed something bigger than a piece of paper. And I was like, well, let me, instead of using poster board for my spray can, spray paint work, space paintings, let me see how it works on a canvas. And I mean, it works on a canvas, but you got to be quick with it. So I was like, well, what else can I do with this canvas? What else can I do with spray paint on a canvas? And going to a lot of graffiti shows and, you know, meeting Nick Soup, that was one of the biggest, you know, that was one of the biggest things that kind of pushed me to the next level was seeing what he did on canvas. And I was like, well, you know, even though he does portrait paintings and stuff like that, you know, it's just seeing his can work, seeing the way he controls the can and all the pointers he's given me. I mean, he's really like he doesn't know, but he's really a big mentor as far as me asking advice. And he gives me the advice. And, you know, he's a real humble guy. And that's what I love about Nick Soup. Um, his work is great. Um I mean, I just love that he's so humble. He's able to, you know, share his advice and the way he does his stuff. And, I mean, just by doing that with me, it helped me, you know, move on up to where I'm at now. And just, like I said, trial and error, testing things out on canvases and, you know, just finding the way to work or learning how to work it on canvas. And, you know, that's just where it's at right now. It's just everything's trial and error. I didn't go to school for anything. Everything's just I learned on my own. But a lot of, you know, just talking with a lot of different artists around, you know, our art events and stuff, everyone's so keyed into about, oh, well, I'm going to college for art this and art that. And I'm like, you know, I had, I did a painting of the Virgin Mary one time using straight acrylic paint, brush paint. I didn't use no spray can. It was just straight acrylic brush painting. But there was a guy there who actually was freaked out of how smooth the painting was, thinking it was done with oil paints. And I was like, no, it's acrylic. And he's like, oh, it's like, you went to school. Like, where'd you go to school? He's like, I'm going to school and they don't teach me that. And I'm like, well, I just learned it on my own. It's just, I mean, as far as what they teach in school, I really have no idea. It's like, I highly doubt they don't, you know, they be teaching anything about spray paint or street work. So this, the art... What do you call it? Like an art collective, like you said, with, with Nick Soup. He's part of that collective that, that you're also with, right? Um, the Death from a Brush? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's um, pretty much a Comic-Con-based art collective. Their parent company is Comic-Con, Adam City Comic-Con. Um, they're the official art group for Adam City Comic-Con. Nick Soup, along you know, a bunch of other great artists are still part of that Death from a Brush. Um, you know, that's the art collective under Alamo City Comic Con. Mm. Um, but just working with him at certain different events, and I mean, that that's always a cool experience. Basically, from what I've seen, you know, the last several years of doing this, just doing art events, pop-up art events, live paintings, and, you know, setting up as art vendors, meeting other artists, um, painting live next to other artists, it's always, hey, man, that's good. Like, oh, how'd you do this? And, oh, what type of materials are you using? You know, majority of the people are pretty much open and willing to share advice. And, you know, that's that's one thing that I think we all should do. I mean, we shouldn't just keep, you know, a certain technique to ourselves. Because it's, like, it's not like we invented a technique. It's just a technique you came up on. Pretty sure someone else is doing the same technique. But if you're keeping it hush-hush, how are you supposed to spread that to the younger generation? 
you know, and it's just there ain't no bad blood between anybody that I know of, you know, me or anybody else. It's everyone that has their own specific type of work and you know as far as i go you know for for myself i respect everybody's different types mm-hmm. everyone's on a different level of their creativity that's another thing you know it's like oh it, i can't say oh i'm better than him and it's just like he's not on my level or i don't want to mess with him no it's like if i see that he could needs help here where if he asks a question about this and it's like yeah you know give the advice get the help you know, because we're all always trying to strive to become better artists, and that's the way it should be. And with help from other artists, I mean, of course, it's helping each other out. Yeah. And y'all have been pretty busy. Like, y'all, y'all post up at, at, at shows. How long have you been? Because I consider it like a small business, This uh, the China Doll Unique World. Like, how long has that business been, been going? Um, we are going on, I believe, three years officially. About three years. Um, last year, 2017, was actually one of our busiest years where we've literally had some type of art event just about every single weekend throughout the month. Um, I mean, we pretty much consider ourselves a small business simply because we had to go and get a tax ID number and all that stuff like that just to be able to, you know, do our credit card charges and stuff like that from, you know, the people who buy our stuff. And um, technically, I mean, we are a small business. Uh, We just consider ourselves like a dual art collective of Chena and I. Um, She does a lot of digital work. I'm the one who just pretty much sticks with the canvas and paint. She does her digital work on a tablet. I mean, no Photoshop, just straight stretch book app, you know, stroke by stroke. Literally, whatever you sketch on the paper, she'll just sketch it on an actual tablet. So there ain't no Photoshopping going on on there. Um, she does her pieces. We do prints of her pieces. Every now and then she'll do one of her digital pieces on, you know, on the canvas, and I'll help her out with that. Um, but, yeah, I was like, we consider ourselves just a small dual art collective that we just, you know, pretty much this is our fourth year going already. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, we're just trying to start up and get back into the groove of things. We took a, you know, holiday hiatus, get away from the art thing for a little while and just unwind a bit, come up with different ideas. Um, we actually plan to start merchandising a little bit more this year. As far as stickers, stuff like that, maybe buttons, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe T-shirts, because um, that's pretty much what a lot of people are starting to recognize as stickers and stuff like that. So we kind of want to put a lot of her stuff sticker-wise and get that out there a little bit more, get our name out there a little bit more. We're also working on a logo for China Dolls Unique World, so hopefully people come become more familiar with our logo so if somebody sees you know we're at an art event and you don't know we're going to be there but you see somebody walking around with a bag with our logo on it they're like oh china dolls unique roads here at this event let's go peep them out and see what new stuff they got because a lot of my paintings they usually sell rather quick china's stuff sells rather quick um i'm trying to kind of start 
find a way to make my paintings into prints. Um, we're still trying to, you know, figure that stuff out and see how that's going to roll. Because um, pretty much once I have a painting, that's the only painting. And if it sells, it sells. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's a real nice painting. So like, let me walk around and come back. You know, money talks. First person to pay for it is pretty much the first person who's going to take it. I mean, I get a lot of people coming back. Oh, man, I really wanted it. It's like, you should have picked it up. I mean, I can't really hold it. So finally, this this year is like, well, we'll start merchandising because we start seeing, you know, that's pretty much, like I said, you know, that's pretty much trying to find a way to make a little bit more money and help out China Dolls Unique Road since it's self-sustained. You know, I don't use none of my full-time job money on this. It's self-sustained. Whatever money comes in, whatever money we make through China Dolls Unique Road goes right back in for materials and stuff like that. So... If there's another way for us to make an extra dollar, you know, whether it's, you know, making stickers and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I started seeing the sticker game. I call them sticker vandals. Yeah. They start, you know, putting slappy stickers everywhere, but everyone's doing their own little style stickers. And it's like, oh, well, I know this guy simply because I've seen his sticker here and sticker there. And... I mean, that itself pretty much comes from, like, the graffiti world when we had uh, stickers called Slappies. You know, you get the, hello, my name is, and you write your graffiti name, and you just walk around town slapping that sticker on something. And that's pretty much in the graffiti world. We call them Slappies. And I started seeing a lot of people doing little characters and popping their stickers here and there. And I was like, well, let's just go ahead and do that. You know, it's like the idea is to create the logo for China Dolls Unique World. And make an actual sticker for China Dolls Unique Road with our logo. And we could just hand those out for free just to get our name out there. Yeah. You know, doing small things like that is just kind of trying to attract people. Like, who's this China Dolls Unique Road? We're, you know, I'm, staring, I'm seeing their stickers here in this bathroom stall where I see their stickers here on the stop sign. Like, whoever people post their stickers at, you know, it's like people are going to start seeing that. Yeah. You know, it's just trying to get more people to attract them. You know, to our Facebook, to our Instagrams, you know, trying to see our stuff, see where our next event's going to be at, see where we're going to post it up, see where you could go ahead and, you know, come buy one of our pieces. You know, it's like, so, I mean, as far as taking advice from other people now, you know, we have an open year for everything. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I do not like is. <laughs> That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing that I do not like is when I'm live painting and you get certain people, oh, well, you should do this and you should do that on this painting. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, that's the only thing. I was like, okay, it's like, how do you not know that I'm not going to do that next? Yeah. And the only thing that I hate is like when somebody's like, oh, you should do this. And I'm like, well, I am. I just haven't got to that spot yet. So if I do it, they're like, oh, yeah, he did that part because I told him to. Yeah. Like I told him that he should do it. So he went ahead and did it. It's like, nah, I was like, you know, it was already part of my plan, you know, but I mean, after, even after like having a finished piece that's already sealed and hanging on the wall somewhere, a couple gallery events or whatever, people have some kind of, you know, criticism on it. I don't care if it's something bad, you know, I'd rather hear the bad stuff about my painting that you see than the good stuff about it. Simply because if I, because I'm trying to see my painting through your eyes. If you see, like, oh, you could have done something here where maybe you could have added something there, 
then I take that into consideration simply because it's I'm viewing it from your eyes, not just mine. And if it's like, you know what, it's like, if it makes sense, then yeah, you know, let me try that next time. It might work, it might not work. But like I said, trial and error, that's the only way to actually move up on this art thing and try to create something different. So, I mean, as far as, well, what is that called? Creative criticism or something like that, where, you know, people down talk on your piece. It's like, well, I want to know the bad things about my piece simply because it's something that I could work on if it's like a legitimate bad part of it. But that's the only thing that I really don't like is when I'm live painting and people come in like, oh, you should do this and oh, you should do that. And it's like, okay, well, I'm painting it. And like, can you even paint? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I can't even draw. It's like, well, then how, do you, how are you going to come tell me how to paint something if you can't even draw nothing? <laughs> you know, like, you got no credibility on that. Yeah. That's the only thing I hate. We were talking about a show that you've got coming up. It's called The Broken Hearts Club, February 2nd. It's going to be first Friday uh, from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. And it says here it's an art show about songs we all understand. So it's located on 1420 South Alamo Street, number 106B, San Antonio, Texas, 78210, Creative Creatures. Um, basically, the whole theme of this art show is they wanted us to create a piece based on a song of heartbreak. So since I've had my heart broken due to myself and others, and when I was going through this part of my life, you know, I would draw. I would had a black book that I would sketch in, do drawings, pencil drawings, and this one heart that I came up with was had these agony and pain faces within the heart. Um, that's the one heart that I still continue to draw and use in multiple of my paintings. I've done two actual paintings of the heart that I've already sold right off after I finished them. Um, there was a bigger gallery painting that I had did, and I put a small version of that heart in this woman's hand. And, you know, that heart still attracts a lot of attention even though it's a small heart in this big painting. Um, so on this show, I was like, well, I already have the heart in mind that I want to use. Let me go ahead and, you know, paint it at a bigger scale and let me put this out there. Um, but the painting also had to deal with the song of Heartbreak. And when I did, when I drew that heart and I did, an, uh, you know, I did a small watercolor painting on a watercolor paper um the two songs that i was listening to at the time dealing with this was uh the bleeding by five finger death punch and snuff from slipknot and having those on repeat which i'm doing now just to get back in that moment of feeling of how i felt um helped me to help me create this piece that i'm doing for the show in a second um but it's basically a painting of heartbreak broken is, you know, based on a certain song that you felt. So, I mean, to me, I, I thought it was right up my alley. So I went ahead and said, you know what, let me try to be part of this. And as soon as I got accepted, I was like, all right, it's a go. Let's get this painting done. Um, hopefully um, I'll have the actual original painting posted up there at the gallery for sale, of course. Um, 
And we're also going to try to make prints of this. So hopefully we get the prints going. We'll have prints of that actual painting for sale there at the shop. Is that where you get most of your, your inspiration from or music or is it like movies or what, what gets you started before like a painting? Um, I mean, I could get inspiration from anything. Like I could actually just look at like simply like since it's, I like different designs and stuff like that, or like different designs I could use as far as my background goes. Like, how can I, you know, make this design? Like, this one time I saw this grill in front of a truck. It was just a front-end grill. And just the way the light was shining off this grill was really kind of like, it caught my eye, and I'm like, huh. So I'm squinting and looking at the way the sun is shining off this grill with, you know, the light rays and stuff like that. And I was like, that make a pretty cool design for a background. Let me try to recreate that when I get home. So you kind of take a mental snapshot of that and try to recreate it uh, as far as cutting stencils out or something like that. And, you know, so inspiration comes just, with me, comes from just about anything. Um, if I see something on a billboard, something on the side of a train, it's just like, huh, that's a pretty cool color combination. You know, that's a pretty cool, you know, the way it's set, the way it's designed and stuff like that. You know, anything could be inspirational if you just put your mind to it and try to see, well, let me try to recreate this on a painting or on a drawing. Um, but music, as far as music goes, yeah, music has a lot to do with the style of painting I'm doing. Um, of course, you know, since I'm doing a heartbroken style painting right now, it's basically... For the heartbroken portion, which is the heart, um, I'm focusing on the heart right now. Uh, Dad has, I got to feel, I got I to gotta be able to feel that heartbrokenness again. And that's the reason why I listened to the two songs that I listened to when I first came up with the heart. You know, I listen to them now to try to feel that. And, you know, just listening to heartbroken songs and stuff that I've been through, stuff that I'm going through. You know, just really basically all the heartbrokenness that I've been through, listening to these songs that I could relate to through the heartbrokenness, you know, that gives me the motivation and gives me inspiration to, you know, try to make that heart as best as I can. And it gets me in that mood to paint and, you know, still relieve some of that, you know, heartbrokenness that still lingers there. And it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind on a daily basis, you know, I'm not paying attention to the heartbrokenness, but... It's like if I hear that song, it brings up memories. It brings up how I felt at that time. And you still feel that. So when I listen to the heartbroken songs, you know, the bleeding snuff, you know, I feel that. So I could incorporate that into the painting. And But that's just for that part because now I want to try to do my background stuff with this painting and try to make it pop with, you know, my dimensional painting, with my dimensional way of doing my backgrounds and the foregrounds and stuff like that. So when once I start doing that style of painting, I'm going to go ahead and switch over to dubstep. I listen to a lot of dub, trap step, trap dubstep, whatever you call it. Uh, I need to feel that trans techno style thing. That pretty much derives from doing the space spray, spray painting with the planets and stuff like that. And if you come across the guys downtown, you know, you'll see that they're listening to some type of techno beat, some kind of EDM stuff. And it just gets you in that mood where you, you know, you want to 
bob your head and get going and works for Canflow. so um just listening to that trap dubstep and you know feeling that bass drop um it just gets me in the mood to do more spray paint work so uh really kind of depends on the style of painting that i'm gonna do will depend depend on the style of music i'm gonna listen to you know some people listen to death metal while they paint i was like i can't do that <laughs> you know i was like you know i need majority of the time it's gonna be trap dubstep tech you know stuff like that yeah and that's what gets me going with a lot of spray paint backgrounds Cool, man. So y'all are pretty busy. Y'all got like a busy couple of weeks coming up. Uh, how do people keep uh, track y'all? Like, do y'all have a website or how do y'all? Uh, we have Facebook, uh, our page, um, China Dolls Unique World. It is China Dolls Unique World. It's C H I N A D O L L S U N I K W O R L D. And you can find us on Facebook. Give us a like, follow us. We'll usually post up, you know, the next pieces that we're working on. Um, we'll post up our next events that we got coming up. Um, our Instagram, it's slightly different from our Facebook. It's uh, China Dolls Unique World. Is that right? Oh, no, wait. China Dolls Art World on Instagram. Uh, it's China doll. It's China underscore dolls underscore art underscore world. So that's our official China dolls art world slash unique road on Instagram. Um, you follow us on there. We usually post on our Instagram. We usually just post our all our new work that we're working on. Facebook, you'll be able to find our you know newest work and the current events that we're planning planning out and we'll be you know of course through social media posting sharing uh you know our current events that we're going to be coming up on um i think the nearest one we have is next weekend on the 27th we kind of double booked ourselves that day so it's going to be a long day for us yeah we have two shows that day um the way that came about was um We were at a, we were at a, a show last weekend for the Creative Creatures four year anniversary, and we had one painter next to me was like, "Hey man, there's this prank fest coming up, which is pretty much like a little punk rock show going on at the Brick on the 27th." And he's like, "They're looking for artists." I'm like, "All right, cool." I was like, "I'll shoot them an email," and at the same time, Gina had heard about the Greaser Gallery show coming back. And we've been trying to get part of that Greaser Gallery show. So she's like, I'm going to hit them up. I'm like, all right, cool. But we just did not snap to the date that they fell on. So I was like, hey, I got a confirmation email for the prank fest. And we are like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And then later on that day, she gets a confirmation. Like, Greasy Gallery said they'll be glad to have us. It's like, all right, cool. Let's book it. I was like, all right, what day is it? I was like, it's on the 27th. I'm like, okay, this one's on the 27th. I was like, uh, 27 of this month or next month? And we're like, oh, it's 27 of this month. And I was like, we just double booked ourselves. So I'm like, Jesus. So we go ahead and look at the different times. So sure enough, the Greaser Gallery starts at at 3 at the SX. 
um, this, I don't know, is this, the Greasy Gallery is going to be our day show, and then I believe it ends at 8 o'clock. But we're going to try to take off about an hour early because the prank fest starts at 8. But we're within the same area, so it's going to be like a good 5, 10-minute drive to go to the other side. Um, the Greaser Gallery is basically, they're going to have a, it's called the Blessing of the Cars. So they're going to have a lot of car clubs, classic cars and stuff like that going out there. Um, they have multiple artists, vendors that are going to be out there. Um, it's going to be outdoor event, so we're kind of hoping for good weather next weekend. Hopefully, you know, I'll stay warmed up. It's supposed to get warmed up throughout the week, so hopefully it'll be warmed up. Uh, we'll be set up, you know, selling our art. I'll be set up live painting. I believe Nick Soup's going to be out there live painting along with uh, Paul Garson, I believe. Um, so that one starts at 3 and to 8. Um, we're going to take off from there at around seven and head over to the brick for the prank fest. I think they have like three, four different punk rock bands are going to be there. Um, they're having vendors and artists as well. So, um, we'll be out there Saturday night till the end. And that's our two shows in one day type of thing. (laughs) So you have. All day Saturday to catch us at either one of the events. And do y'all have an online store or all purchases that have to be like in person at these shows? Um, we do not have an official online store yet. I mean, we could always message us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, mailing out, you know, a piece is no problem due to my full-time job, Monday through Friday job. I work for a mailer, so I'm able to get that stuff out rather cheap. Um... As far as, you know, just basically finding us at shows and picking it up from us uh, there at the at different events we have. But if you are in need of anything custom, stuff like that, you know, you can always just drop us a message. Hit us up on Facebook, message us and let us know what it is, you know, that you're trying to get done. And if we're able to do it, uh, you know, we'll do it and we'll work out a deal and, you know, Dropping a piece off somewhere, meeting you up somewhere, dropping it off. I mean, it's really no, not a big deal with us. So as far as the official online store, we do not have that as of yet. So hopefully we'll, you know, it's on the to-do, to-do list. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> well, cool, man. Uh, good luck with everything. Uh, I'll post all the information on the description so they could find you and see where your next show is at. Uh, thanks for coming on and doing the episode. Thank you for bringing the whiskey, too. Well, cool, man. Well, good luck with everything, and uh, we'll check back with you soon. All right, man. Appreciate it. Having us out here. Thank you.